Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about Exonix therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control. It gave me my life back. Exonix therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com make you guys winners and we've done just that by partnering up with bet basics bet basics makes betting on any sporting event simple it's like betting for dummies we compare odds from the top u.s sports books so you always make the most out of every cash bet you make bet basics player team and matchup betting cards are jam-packed with all the stats and best odds you'll need to make the smartest possible bet just go to betbasics.com and figure it out for yourselves even me, Dan Mater, the MD's Fantasy Football Show, when I have a prop bet that I'm looking for, I look up BetBasics.com and use their loaded stats to help me make sure that I'm making the best bet I possibly can across all the top sports books in the U.S. So go to BetBasics.com and make betting life simple and become a winner today. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. And welcome back into another edition of A Look Ahead Wednesday here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. It is a Wednesday night and it's time to look ahead to week 16. It'll be the first half of our fantasy football preview for your second round of your playoffs. Yep, that's right. We're on the cusp of championships. Oh, 
Love this time of year. But either way, I'm your host, Dan Mater. I want to thank you guys for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe, like the video below when you get a chance, or download us on your favorite podcast app. Give us that five-star review. It really helps us out. And when I say us, I mean I'm here with my co-star, Danielle Dubois. Danielle, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be back after a week off. We're excited to have you back after a week off, especially when we need you now. Because we don't have Brian Scott. Brian, Brian had to go on vacation. He had to take a Christmas vacation. You know, good for him, good for his family. Selfishly, though, it's a rough week for him to do so because we wound up with a ton of injuries. And all we can really do is uh, go off the injury updates, which I do have for you guys. So we'll just we'll just kick into it because we have a lot to go over today's show. So I want to make sure we hit everything we need. And everyone's in panic mode. You, you're, you can feel it. You're so close to that championship game. You just you need one more win. And we got every curveball getting thrown at us in the book this week on top of it. So we'll see if we'll be able to help you guys out and sift through all the information and what it is you actually need to be able to pay attention to. So let's hit that. Injury inquiries. Oh. oh, oh. The first thing's actually not an injury, but Danielle, big news. Matt Ryan officially benched for Nick Foles. That's right. Bad Santa Nick. Coming in on his reindeer to give us, I don't know, is it a call or is it a gift? What do you think? I don't really know if anything is really a gift or <laughs> in the Colts organization right now. I think ultimately it was kind of a lose-lose situation. And no matter what, I mean, it's not looking well for them, especially because their key running back got injured as well. So it's not looking too hot for the Colts. No, not at all. The only good news part was that I, I couldn't watch another game at Ryan. It was just dreadful trying to watch him through that Saturday game. Even when they were up, they wasn't they weren't up because of him. Um, what we do know is that Nick Foles can probably throw the ball a little bit deeper than Matt Ryan. But we don't know exactly where the target distribution is going to go to. We we would suspect that Michael Pittman would be the number one receiver. And we'll get into his rankings more so tomorrow because that'll be part of the clairvoyant Thursday show because that's the Monday night game. Oh, yes. Monday night Colts. Yeah. Colts and Chargers. We're real excited about that Monday night game. Thank goodness most of the good games are on Christmas Eve. And we do have three decent, well, two decent games on Sunday. The other game, Denver Rams. That's another it's another dud track, but we'll get through all of it here on our show today. So that was the first piece of news we had to talk about. And frankly, very little fantasy value to come out of it because we there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of, well, who cares? Because he's Nick Foles. Uh, the other part of this is we got Nick Chubb. So Nick Chubb, two days in a row, has not been able to practice dealing with a foot issue. He hasn't been Nick Chubb like the first two weeks anyway. So even if you've gotten to this point with Nick Chubb, you got to be sitting there saying to yourself, what do I do now? Because likely, likely, not impossible, but likely, you did not wind up with Kareem Hunt. Because Kareem Hunt was a guy who's being drafted, you know, single-digit rounds for the most part. Unless somebody dropped him and you were able to pick him up, which hasn't been the case. Why hasn't made my waiver saviors section at all this for the last few weeks? You're kind of stuck with Nick Chubb and not much else. So, Danielle, what's your concerns here about, about Nick Chubb? I mean, two days in a row, what are you looking for? Yeah, that is definitely like worrisome going forward, especially because if you have him, you definitely have him as a RB1 player. And this is not a time that you would need a running back going down in the playoffs. That is not going to help you at all. If I have Nick Chubb on my team, I'm watching how the rest of the practices go on for the rest of the week, seeing if there is potential of 
anything good coming out of this week because you might have to scramble and find a replacement running back this week. Yeah, and with this game in particular, it's going to be one of the worst weather games we have on the docket. They're already talking about 30-mile-an-hour winds, so we already knew there's going to be a heavy run dosage heading into this matchup to begin with. So let's hope Nick Chubb is out there and able to take part of that. Otherwise, you might have to come up with another solution. I do think Deaners Johnson get worked in a little bit, but it will be mostly the Cream Hunt show if he misses, most likely. Corey Davis, he's going to return tomorrow. So, Daniel, what's your analysis on Corey Davis returning? What does that do for the rest of the Jets receivers against Jacksonville tomorrow night? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the wide receivers do with Davis coming back. I know that uh, Jones has been really great since he's left, and their offense, they there's not necessarily like a standout wide receiver. They all kind of share the wealth. So I would definitely be looking for Davis to be getting a lot more touches and to kind of share the wealth with the other wide receivers in the game versus Jacksonville. Yeah, it's just a shame uh, we have to deal with Zach Wilson, the starting quarterback. We'll get into that a little bit later on, too. Uh, Khalil Herbert, he's expected to return. He's coming off the IR. They're going to be another uh, very snowy, cold type of game against Buffalo. There was some success watching Raheem Mostert run against the Bills last week. So now, all of a sudden, Khalil Herbert comes back. What's your level of confidence in what his role will be his first week back? Obviously, still dealing with David Montgomery. Yeah, I'm not necessarily sure of like how much his usage will be. I definitely think it will be a slower start for him coming back just due to the injury and due to Montgomery. Is We all know Montgomery. He's pretty like successful. And I feel like he's a pretty consistent running back. So I think that him coming back in, I don't think he'll necessarily need the amount of high production as some running backs would. But um, it'll definitely be interesting to see how when he comes back. But I wouldn't be too shocked if he doesn't get necessarily the usage that you'd want him to. Yeah, I agree with that. When we go to Seattle, Seattle's just giving people headaches. So we knew Tyler Lockett wasn't going to play this week. He had the broken finger, had surgery. Maybe we see him back next week. Who knows? And in results of that, we're going to talk about Marcus Goodwin later on in the show. Thought he might have some nice value. He pops up on the injury report, went from a full yesterday to a limited participation today with an ankle issue he hadn't previously had. And then, of course, now we're dealing with Kenneth Walker. Didn't practice the last two days in a row. DJ Dallas did return to practice in limited capacity, but the only guy who's been practicing in full has been Travis Homer. So obviously, big fantasy implications across the board with Seattle. In Goodwin's case, for him, it's a little bit harder to figure out because what we're dealing with here is that this Wednesday is a Thursday practice. With the games on Saturday, we have to remember that Thursday tomorrow is going to be the Friday practice. It's going to be we're going to get the you know injury designations for the game day rosters. We'll get final you know participations in practice. Friday at best will be a walkthrough for some teams. Most teams will be traveling through the treacherous weather. So we have to make sure we're moving up our timeline as far as how this usually works. Today's not a normal Wednesday practice. It's usually a Thursday practice. On Thursdays this year, a lot of teams have been kind of managing their guys. That's usually been the day. It hasn't been so much on a Wednesday. It's been the Thursday practice where they manage their guys. So keep that in mind. They're treating it maybe the same way today, but we don't know that yet. It could have been a new injury. So a lot of things we have to pay attention to going into tomorrow. Daniel, I want to ask you about Kenneth Walker, though, because that's going to be the question on everybody's mind thinking we should have had Kenneth Walker back. He played again, the whole game against San Francisco. There was a little bit of a report that he was sore after the game, but nothing too dramatic here. Nothing we thought we had to worry about. 
And all of a sudden, he's gone the next two days without practicing. They had to sign Wayne Gallman to the practice squad. Pete Carroll, the eternal optimist, is saying, we'll see. What's your read on Kenneth Walker this week? Personally, I don't think it's looking too hot for him. I don't necessarily think he will play. And if he does play, I don't think it will be the high production usage that he has had in the past. And so that definitely stinks for us fantasy users, but it makes the most sense for the Seahawks, because if they really do want to make a push at sneaking into a wild card spot, they're going to need people to be healthy. They're going to need everybody to return as fast as possible. So in the Seahawks world, it's best for him to sit this week and then come back healthy the next week. But in fantasy wise, I don't think it's not going to look too good. Yeah. It's a, tomorrow will be a big telling and, and it's a big game against Kansas city. So like if, if he can go, I do think they'll try to push it, but it, it's not looking too good so far. Usually these guys missing two practices has not boned well so far this season, although it's not impossible. We have seen it before in the past. We go to the Houston Texans, Nico Collins. He still continues not to practice. Shockingly, blowing my mind, Brandon Cooks, a full participation in practice today. I thought this man was going to ride off into the sunset and say, sayonara, Houston. I'm off the bigger and better things heading into next year. And he's practicing and probably going to play. Blows my mind. Oh, by the way, Chris Moore is dealing with a foot issue. He's been limited in practice all week. So, But we're expecting Brandon Cooks and Chris Moore this Saturday. Danielle, do you have any confidence in any of these Houston Texan wide receivers? I mean, Chris Moore's been targeted a lot the last two weeks, but that was without Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins in the lineup. Brandon Cooks, we, we know he's Brandon Cooks, but he hasn't really been much of a thing either. Is there either one of these guys that maybe is on your fantasy radar? If anybody is on the lookout for me of the Texans team, it would be Chris Moore just because of the production we've seen him get, like you said. But that is worrisome with returning characters coming back in. I don't necessarily think I would start any of them because, after all, I it's the Texans and you're in the playoffs and you really don't have the opportunity right now to just kind of do your best and kind of throw in a wild card production. You just need to know who is going to do well for you and you need to know that it's going to be a consistent player who's going to do well. And I don't necessarily think that's going to be any of the Texans players. Yeah, I tend to agree. I was fine with the idea that Chris Moore could be a, maybe a low and wide receiver three option, emergency flex type of guy. If once again, Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks are going to be out because he had nine targets while they didn't come to much as much productivity last week as it did two weeks before. Still had nine targets last week. So he's heavily involved. You mix, you throw Brandon Cooks in the mix of that. I don't really want to touch this Houston Texan field. We got a question coming in from Victor. Uh, and he's telling hi to us and happy holidays to you, Victor. Uh, he made it to the semifinals. Love it. Love you from MD Nation making it to the second round of the playoffs is what we're all about. He's got a tight end question. David Njoku in a bad, windy game. Don't trust it. Don't blame you. Noah Fant, is he a good replacement? Uh, Victor, probably not. This is another guy who has not practiced two days in a row. And even when he does, you're talking about the most Jekyll and Hyde guy that you could possibly find and throw out there. Yes, Seattle will have to score points against Kansas City. I'm not really loving it with his knee in that cold temperature. That's going to be the coldest game of the year is that game. Maybe even, they're, they're saying maybe even in history. Like, it's going to be like negative 18 wind chill. Like, it's going to be cold in that Kansas City game. I'm probably staying away from Noah Fant. Here's a tip I'd give you. Because I'm kind of actually, you know, wrestling with this myself. And, Danielle, you can tell me what you think. Taysom Hill, in a game in which it's going to be 30 35-mile-an-hour winds, 
a lot of snow and really cold. I have a feeling Taysom Hill get, might get more involved in the running game this week, and you can play him at your tight end position. One of the few guys I think that might be out there on the waiver wire that actually has some upside. But what do you think about that? Yeah, I didn't actually think about that when you first mentioned it. And so when you first said Taysom Hill, I was like, oh, that's actually a great idea because most likely he's available in the league that you're in because it's Taysom Hill after all. But from matchup standpoint, that might be your best option to that point. But if you're fighting between Njoku and Fant, I would lean toward Njoku because I don't see very much upside in Fant this week. Agreed. Agreed. Totally. Uh, let's move into what else we got. We got uh, we, oh, we got the Tennessee Titans, of course, on the other side. So we got Traylon Burks practicing in full. Awesome. Looks like he's going to get cleared from concussion protocol. Big Traylon Burks fan. Felt like they have no other passing game unless they have Burks in the game. But now we got the problem of Ryan Tannehill missing two practices in a row with an ankle issue, not expected to play, probably going to get another week of Malik Willis, kill me now, passing game, in a void. So that's what's going on with Tennessee. I mean, I don't know, Danielle, am I wrong? Do you have any, you think Malik Willis can get the ball, the trail on Burks? Did we lose you? Danielle, blink twice if you can hear us. Okay, I think I'm once back. And that was, okay, she's back. There we go. Did you get my question? Sorry about that. No, you're I good. did not. The, okay, so the question was, do you think Malik Willis can get the ball to Traylon Burks? Because that's probably what we're going to deal with this week. Oh, I don't know about that one. I, I don't feel the most confident in Malik Willis. I am going to be so honest. I know he's young, and I, I know he just hasn't had the, potent, the enough time to grow because I do feel like he has potential, but based off of right now and this week, I don't feel like he'll be able to get it to Burks. Yeah, I tend to agree with that too. We got Chris Olave. He's down with a hamstring injury. And even if he plays, again, going back to this game, you're going to see I don't really have a high opinion of Chris Olave this week. In fact, you're going to, no, spoiler alert, he's going to be cautious of today because there's no way you could trust a guy who picked up the hamstring last week. So thankfully, at least we got an explanation as to why he had his snap count was lower than Rashid, you know, Shahid, which that didn't make any sense to me. I think we just lost Danielle. That made no sense to me. And yet we find the explanation later. Okay, he's got the hamstring issue. That's what's going on with him. Regardless of that, even if he's 100% healthy, between the insane usage that the Saints are not utilizing their featured players... And, of, of course, the weather that game, I don't think there's any way I'm playing Chris Olave this week anyway to begin with. Uh, to wrap this thing up here, we have Hayden Hurst. He's dealing with a calf issue. He's expected to be back. He's back and practicing. But, again, at best, a high-end tight end, too, especially with all those weapons back. And then last but not least, we have Damian Harris coming back with a thigh issue, limited in practice. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play. He's been limited in practice for several weeks now for the New England Patriots and has not been able to suit up. So that does it for our injury inquiries. We did have one comment from Victor um, who said, thank you, but, and Taysom is available, but he also has Alvin Kamara. That's okay. Victor, if anything, I would actually feel more confident about playing Taysom Hill if I had Alvin Kamara. The reason being is you're cornering the rushing game of the Saints. Remember, they don't have Mark Ingram. 
David Montgomery's got nothing left. You know, Benjamin just got to the team. I don't know how involved he'll be. The running game in Cleveland very well could be surrounded by Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. And what's the one problem with Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill right now if you have one or the other? Well, one usually vultures touchdown opportunities from the other. If you play both Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara, you might be guaranteed a rushing touchdown, and that might be all that's coming out of that game. Just a thought. It's not It's not the safest play. I don't, I don't ask to get this question. Me recommending Taysom Hill, I'm not telling you he's got this great safe floor. But for ceiling purposes, for game purpose, for how this game might go purposes, it might be worth taking a shot. Okay, so hopefully we get Danielle back at some point during the show, but the show must go on, as they always say. And they must go on with our first four teams that we're going to talk about in the first half fantasy football preview of Week 16. So in our first segment, we're going over with the Jacksonville Jaguars against the New York Jets, of course, in the Thursday night game. And then to kick things off on Saturday, we got the Buffalo Bills against Chicago Bears. We got the Saints against Cleveland. So we'll get into that game a little bit more. And we have Houston against Tennessee. So let's go ahead and get out the way of the obvious starters of the game. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. So first and foremost, it's Josh Allen, number one quarterback. People questioned me last week. Why is he number one guy? Maybe it should have been Jalen Hurts. Maybe it could have been. Guess what? Josh Allen performed. It wasn't always the prettiest thing that entire game, but he comes through in the end in Josh Allen fashion. This is why he's ranked as my number one guy every single week. It shouldn't be a surprise. Nobody, and I mean nobody, has his passing rushing ratio. Nobody. Nobody does. That's why he's our number one. Our other obvious starters, if he's active, we already talked about him during the injury inquiries. Nick Chubb comes on my RB7. If he's active and good to go, that game is going to dictate that they need him to run the football as much as humanly possible. I don't know how much offense outside of the rushing attack is going to be had in that game. And, of course, our number one running back on the week is Derrick Henry playing against the Houston Texans because there can't be a better matchup against a better running back. Derrick Henry, by the way, he's got a habit of rushing over 200 yards against the Houston Texans in games. So, yes. We love us some Derrick Henry. You know what we also love? We also love Danielle, who I think is back in action here. <laughs> yes, I think we're good. All right. Love it. Welcome back. We're going through our obvious starters. And our last obvious starter for our first four matchups is Stephon Diggs at wide receiver three. And that's kind of the guy I wanted to highlight a little bit. Because it hasn't always been great. He hasn't always been consistent over the past few weeks. So any concern on your end? In a windy, bad weather game against the Chicago Bears, or is Stephon Diggs just too good to care? It's a little bit concerning, but it is Stephon Diggs after all, and it's Josh Allen throwing the ball. And so those two aspects of it make me have so much confidence in him because ultimately, at the end of the day, you're never going to bench Diggs unless you ultimately just have an incredibly stacked team, which if you do great, go ahead. But most likely you have him as a wide receiver one. And let's be real. We all know the talent he has. And while it might not have, while he might not have been this consistent lately, I still believe in him this week. All right, let's go to our lock them in. Lock them in. It's a lock. 
Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Trevor Lawrence is uh he's looking like he's turning a corner. He's looking like the QB1 prospect most of us expected him to be. And it's been a thing of beauty because I was a big Trevor Lawrence fan coming out of Clemson, and I'm glad that this is gonna go down as one of the most colossal busts in my life because it was starting to trend in that direction a little bit. I'm glad he's turned a corner. He's been a low end QB1 pretty much all all year. And this week against the Jets, while it's a tougher matchup, he still comes in for me as my QB nine. Danielle, are you with me? Is he a top 10 quarterback in your eyes for this week? He is in my eyes, especially after last week, the game against Dallas, which was incredible. And nobody really saw that one coming, but he had an incredible game. He had 26 fantasy points, which is pretty dang good for a quarterback. And I just, I believe in him. This should be a good matchup. It should be, I think he should have a great game. And I think that he should be able to put up those numbers like he did versus Dallas last week. The only concern, he is questionable. He might be dealing with a little bit of an injury, but I don't think that stops me from starting him this week. Yeah, it's the same turf toe injury that he's been dealing with for the past few weeks anyway, so we're not expecting... He was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. The only surprising part, really, is that they bothered to put him on the injury uh, report at all going into the game. Uh, Justin Fields will also lock him in as my QB3. I know you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute. Justin Fields playing against the Buffalo Bills. Do we really want to lock this guy to a QB3? I used this analogy earlier in the week, and I'll use it again here for those of you who might not have heard it. Quarterbacks we talk about all the time need to be in rhythm, passing, right? And that's true. There's also a rhythm to quarterbacks running. And right now, as a runner, he's locked in. He knows exactly when to run. They have plenty of plays designed around him running. And I don't care how good your defense is. It's hard to stop a quarterback who's running as effectively as Jalen Hurts. Uh, I'm sorry, Justin Fields is. He reminds me of Jalen Hurts. That's why I get them mixed up. He was just playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Buffalo Bills aren't really much better of a defense than the Eagles are. That's the top elite defenses. And he ran all over them. That is the Chicago offense. It's hard to stop. And that's why he's my number three quarterback on the week, even in a tough spot. What do you think, Danielle? Yes, I am definitely locking him in this week. I am starting him in multiple leagues of mine because I think he has been incredible lately. Like you said, his ability to run, no matter what the circumstances, that is what really racks up those points. You know that he's going to be consistent no matter if, even if every single wide receiver is covered, he'll figure out a way to get it done. And we've seen it multiple times from him. He's really flipped the switch this season. I'm really impressed by him because he wasn't even on my radar radar going into the season, but I have... Zero, zero uh, problem starting him this week. 
All right, so let's move on to our running back position and lock him in for these games. And, well, we got Travis Etienne. No, it's not the greatest matchup against the Jets. But what have I been pointing out this entire time? And I'm sticking with him. And it's been paying off, especially last week. He's getting 90% of the work. Now, is it a little maddening that Travis Etienne's not getting targets? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I don't know why they refuse to use the best skill set that they have available to them coming out of the backfield, but that has not been the case. Trevor Lawrence, no interest in checking it down, clearly. But he's still getting all the work. As a running back getting 90% of the snaps, you're an RB2, especially if you have any kind of elusivity to your game whatsoever, which he does. So I'm locking Travis Etienne in as an RB21. I doubt you have 24 better options than Travis Etienne. What do you think? Yes, I agree. I think we have seen so much potential from him this season. We've seen him really, really excel in this Jaguars offense this season. Like you said, getting 90% of the runs. That is incredible for a running back, and that is definitely starting running back for me. Yeah, 100%. Let's talk about Alvin Kamara, though. Oh, man. The curious case of Alvin Kamara. He does come in as my RB13 for the week, and he might move up because, as you can see on the list, I have Kenneth Walker ahead of him, and that's, well, that's only if he's active, which right now not really looking like that's going to be the case. So he might be inside my top 12. The usage was fine. 21 carries, two targets, so 23 total opportunities. Do we wish they would, you know, cut that by five, six carries and give him five or six more targets? Yeah, sure. But as long as that usage is there, I don't know how you bench a guy like Alvin Kamara. Yes, everybody, their mom's going to be running in this bad weather game. I understand that. But Cleveland is the third best matchup a running back can have, period. And we're not talking about, you know, running back overall points because they give up a lot of catches to the running back. No, 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 no. These guys get gashed up the middle every single week. And I don't know what else the offensive game plan for the Saints is going to be in this one. You have to play Alvin Kamara. Is it... It's frustrating as all hell. Yes, trust me. I have him in a few leagues. I know. I can't stand that he doesn't score outside of one game. I get it. I can't stand that I have to worry about Taysom Hill vulturing his touchdowns. I get it. I'm playing him no matter what. What about you, Danielle? Yeah, he's been an off and on case for me throughout the season. I really have had no idea where to put him, and that's why I don't really have him in any of my leagues. But Going through this list and trying to figure out who I'd rather play than him, it's a little bit tricky. And so I see exactly why you place him at the spot that he is, because Cleveland ultimately is not a good run defense. It's going to be a game that they run a lot, like you said. So you're going to start him if you have him. But it's just it's really upsetting because, like you said, he doesn't score, which is what really brings in all those fantasy points. He'll average around like 12 points, which is fine, but that's really not what you need from a running back this week. No, and I agree. But again, usage too good, matchup too good. Yeah. Gotta play him. It's it's a pain, but if you made it this far with them, I mean, might as well just keep riding the dice. Let's go to our wide receivers to lock them in. We're locking in actually two Thursday night guys for these matchups. We're locking in Christian Kirk. And we're locking in Garrett Wilson. I got Kirk at wide receiver 19. I got Garrett Wilson at wide receiver 14. Garrett Wilson's the only wide receiver that I'm not concerned about when it comes to Zach Wilson. He's the main guy. He's the go-to option. It's a great match against Jacksonville. Yes, it will be rainy. 
It's not going to be overly windy, though. And it's actually going to be one of the warmer games of the week, believe it or not, in New Jersey, because it's only going to be 46 degrees before the ultimate freeze comes in Thursday night and the Friday. So, hey, you know what? It's like tropical weather going into this weekend, 46 degrees. So you don't have to worry about that too much. So you have to play him. Christian Kirk, on the other hand, oh, yes, Zay Jones had his hat trick. Evan Ingram had his hat trick before that. Maybe it's Christian Kirk's time to have a hat trick. I don't know. But I am going to stick with the guy who's been a wide receiver 10 on the year and has been getting double-digit targets more times than not. So what do you think about locking those two guys in as our top 20? Yeah, Kirk has been super consistent this season. He has had a lot of great games and a lot of great fantasy potential throughout this entire season. So if you have him, definitely start him this week. It should be a pretty good game for him. Wilson, on the other hand, it does worry me a little bit with but Wilson coming back. Like you said, like you're not worried. I am a little bit worried personally just because I have no trust in Zach. And I feel so bad saying that. Sure. I know he's young, but I just I can't bear myself. And I if I have Wilson, I'm starting him. But it's just it pains me because if it does not go the way I hope it does, I'm blaming Zach 100%. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I will say this in your defense. Um, Zach Wilson, fantasy-wise, had a great game. Over 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns. It was probably the ugliest 300-yard, two-touchdown performance I've ever seen in my life. So I will give you that much. Cannot blame you for not wanting to trust Zach Wilson. Daniel said, go away, Zach. You're making me making it hard on me over here. Uh, my last, Yeah, exactly. Uh, my last lock in player is at the tight end position. He comes at a tight end seven. That's Evan Ingram. Now, I don't particularly love Evan Ingram this week. And yet I still have him at tight end seven. Why? The dude's tight end four on the year. He's been on a tear. He had the three touchdowns two weeks ago. Last week, maybe not the same productivity. Still has 10 targets. You have a tight end getting 10 targets? I'm playing him. It's that simple. No, it's not a great match against the New York Jets. Don't care. What else? Let me pull up the options again. What's your options behind him? Darren Waller just got back. Pat Fryermuth, he had a goose egg last week. Jared Everett, nowhere to be found. Cole Komet's playing Buffalo. Dawson Knox has been off and on used, and that rounds out the rest of my top 12. So, yes, I have him Ingram and his floor of targets right there. What do you think? Yeah, I am starting him this week purely because exactly why you said with the amount of targets that he's gotten, that's great for a tight end this season, and that's all we need to know. If he's getting that amount of targets, you're going to start him. Because who else are you going to? And we sound like a broken record saying the same thing about tight ends every single week. But if you yeah, have them, you're going to start them because there's nobody else. That's that's about it. You Do yourselves a favor. Get rid of the tight end position next year. Make it a wide receiver, tight end, flex, a wide receiver. Runner. Just make it a flex position and move on and make your lives so much better. Look out for... All right, so we got some running backs to look out for, and we're looking out for Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter. They both come into my list. Zonovan Knight, as of right now, at my RB22, and Michael Carter at my RB34. Keep your eye on this. I don't know why, but Zonovan Knight, who practiced in full all week, suddenly got tagged with a questionable designation today. I don't know if that means he picked up an injury during the end of practice or whatever the case may be. We'll have to see exactly what that winds up being. As of right now, I would expect Zonovan Knight to play. Of course, he's going to be at Jacksonville. That's a great matchup. But here's the other thing we got to look out for, and this is why Michael Carter actually cracks my flex list. He played three more snaps than Zonovan Knight. Now, to Danielle's point about Zach Wilson, 
if he can't be trusted and Lawrence keeps this thing rolling and Jacksonville is able to pull up ahead a little bit, well, now all of a sudden, what do we have in our hands? Jacksonville's in the lead. The Jets have to come back from behind. Michael Carter showed last week, it looks like he's back to being the third down pass catching back because he ran significantly more routes than Zonovan Knight did last week now that he was two weeks removed from his injury. So what do you make of this Jet situation? Do you have the confidence of a Zonovan Knight, who I do still have as an RB2, or do you think maybe that ship has sailed and these are both just flex plays at best? In my personal opinion, I would have them in the flex position, especially just because Knight is coming off of a pretty bad week versus the Lions. He had two points against the Lions, which is pretty bad when you think about the Lions in general. I, well, they've, been that, be- they've been better lately as far as running have, defense goes anyway. True. I'll give them that, but that does concern me coming off of that low of a Daniel's not impressed. I'm not. I'm just, (laughs) I'm genuinely worried about him because he's had a lot of, he's done really well this season. I've been all for him. I've been rooting for him, but coming off of that bad of a week and this is really crunch time right now, you have to be able to count on those people that you can rely on. And I don't necessarily rely on Knight in this circumstance. I'd much rather start Carter. Okay. Okay. That that's interesting. That's an interesting take. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but it, that that is interesting, especially the way Zonovan Knight had been playing up until uh, last week. We got a question coming in. It's a good one. Tino's time. Thank you for tuning in. By the way, can I trust Mark Andrews this week? Great question. Here's the problem, and we didn't get to it because we're going to talk about this game tomorrow's show. But uh, Tyler Huntley's now banged up. In practice today. So he's questionable now. He had a limited participation. Lamar Jackson didn't practice two days in a row. If they're down to Anthony Brown, Mark Andrews, who I will admit at this current time is my top three tight end with the anticipation that I thought Tyler Huntley was going to play. Not that that's been great anyway, but at least he has a track record of getting the ball to Andrews. If that's going to be the case, I might take Andrews out of my, out of my top 12 because I don't know what the hell you're going to get passing game-wise of the Baltimore Ravens, period, against the Atlanta Falcons this week. So that is very much going to have to come down to tomorrow. I will say this, look for other options, be prepared to pivot off. If it's not Tyler Huntley, at least at the quarterback position, while I love the match against Atlanta, I probably will be having Andrews outside my top 12. I mean, Danielle, what do you think? Yeah, if it's not Huntley starting, I would definitely look around and see what options you have that are better. And if there are just absolutely god-awful options, then throw them in and hope for the best. And my only hope is that whoever is starting for the Ravens then notices the pure talent that Mark Andrews has and relies off of him to kind of carry them throughout the game. Because I can see that happening as well. So it's a little bit of a depending on who you can get. And if there's really nobody else, then definitely start them. All right. We did talk about David Montgomery. I'm sorry. We talked about Khalil Herbert earlier in the show. David Montgomery is still coming in my RB20 for the week. He's still going to get the passing down work. We know this. Khalil Herbert won't be involved. And David Montgomery was he was pretty effective against the Philadelphia Eagles, a really tough run defense in their own right last week. And again, I want to point out Raheem Mostert eh, didn't seem to slow him down at all. He's playing against Buffalo. So this is a windy, cold type of game. I think you are playing David Montgomery as the main check down guy who could be a top 24 play. And I'm not really worried about Cleo Herbert. Are you worried though? Is that just me? I'm not necessarily worried. I would definitely start Montgomery 
over Herbert at that point, just because we know what Montgomery can do. We know the game that he had. We had 24 points against Philly, which is great against Philadelphia because they're an incredible team this year. So that is definitely a good sign going into this week. If you have Herbert, I don't necessarily think I would play him just because it's been a while with injuries and everything. And there's just Montgomery and we all know how great he is and how consistent he is. So that's definitely going to be their star running back. Yeah, 100%. I will tell you some uh, lookout for running backs I am a bit concerned about. And that'd be uh, Devin Singletary in the rest of the Buffalo backfield right now. So Devin Singletary is coming in RB28 for me. He is such a pain in my ass to rank every single week because I have no idea. Nobody does. Nobody knows what usage he's going to have. I know the matchup's good. I know the weather's conducive for extra running this week. We had a couple of weeks where it looked like, was James Cook going to take over? No, 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 no. Devin Singletary's got the got the backfield again in his own hands when it comes to at least snaps, comes to carries. There's still Naeem Hines paddling around the background behind the both of them. And it's just like, what are you left with? Here's what I do know. He's at least led them the last two weeks, and the discrepancy in snaps rose to about a 60-35 split between him and James Cook last week. They have to take something off of Josh Allen. He's dealing with the elbow injury again. Popped up on the practice report after he was practicing in full the last few weeks in a row. And then all of a sudden he had to have a limited session yesterday. And of course, the Bears are the fifth best matchup against the running back. So if you had no other options, and I, I stress no other options, I think Devin Singletary can be a flex play because we are dealing with some injuries across the board here. He's an option I think you can go to. Am I wrong, Danielle, or are you just going to avoid this whole thing altogether? I am avoiding it altogether, and I am grateful that I am not making the rankings every week because I would have such a hard time with Singletary, so I applaud you on being able to rank him because I would be clueless because he's just so off and on. You don't know what's happening with their run offense. It seems like they know exactly what to do on offense, but when it comes to the run game, they're just kind of tossing around everybody who's in there and we didn't see Hines get anything until last week he got like two touches and I was like wow that's the first time I've seen him in forever so that's exciting so I really have no idea what their running back option is and I don't necessarily know who's going to get the most usage this week so yeah I'm avoiding that completely yeah, it's not a situation I want to have too much part of. Let, let's let's keep it that way. Uh, wide receivers look out for. I don't really have anybody I've highlighted here. I got Zay Jones. He comes in as a wide receiver three at wide receiver 32. Gabe Davis, because of Chicago, cracks my wide receiver 36, although he could be falling out of my top 36 by the time we get closer to the week. By the way, make sure you're checking out the rankings on BellyFantasySports.com. It gets updated throughout the week. Chris Olave is my wide receiver 34. I'll be looking for reasons to move him out of my top 36 altogether as we get closer, and his injury might take him out to begin with. Amari Cooper, he's my wide receiver 25. Uh, and I might move him lower because of this stupid game. And he pops up on the injury report today, too, with a limited session. All these guys, all these lookout for options that are hovering around this low-end wide receiver three range. Very low ceilings in my book across the board. I mean, the guy of the list that I like the most would be Zay Jones. But I think he's going to see a lot of sauce Gardner on Thursday night. So my question to you, Danielle, is this. Where are you at on Zay Jones? Because he's the hot flavor after the three touchdown performances. He's been getting targeted all the time. But it is a tough matchup for him. So are you going to play him as your wide receiver three or as your flex position this week with any kind of confidence? 
I would play him in the flex uh, position, no doubt, just because of his pure talent, not necessarily relying off of whoever is quarterback. I think whoever is quarterback can figure it out to get it to Jones because he is a great player. He's been consistent throughout the season. I would definitely start him over anybody else on this list that you've mentioned. So if that gives you any key as to where I am with the rest of those players, I would definitely start him over them. Yeah, what this week, wide receiver 32 to wide receiver 46 in my projections are literally separated by less than two points. That's how close it is. That's how close the range is for all those guys coming into this week. And a lot of it does with the, you're going to hear it all week long, so you might as well get used to it. It deals with the crappy weather. It's really ruining a lot of things this week. Seriously, and it's it's pain. It's it's not going to be, it's not a Christmas gift. Let's put it that way. It's definitely cold down my stocking anyway. What about tight end? Look out for tight end. So I mentioned Dawson Knox did crack my top 12, which for him is an accomplishment because I have not had him inside my top 12 all year long because I've been anti-Dawson Knox and his touchdown-only usage. But last week, the guy drops 698 and a touchdown. He's been increasingly more involved over the past month, especially when it comes to routes run. His targets have gone up since Gabe Davis has kind of fallen to the wayside. Isaiah McKenzie's kind of fallen to the wayside a little bit. Josh Allen kind of playing things more over the middle, more closer to the line of scrimmage as far as Josh Allen you know, comparisons go because he's dealing with the elbow issue. And he's got a game against Chicago. So I feel like because he does have more touchdown upside than the majority of tight ends we're talking about in that low-end tight end one, tight end two range, he winds up coming in my top 12 because he's got a higher tight, tight, a touchdown probability. That, that's what it just boils down to for me. Danielle, do you, where are you? Do, tight end 12, is that too high? Are you like, no, I'm out in Dawson Knox? Or are you more confident than I am? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. I'm really right down the middle because I've had a love-hate relationship with him this entire season because I started off having to draft him because there was not many great options. And I believed it's the Buffalo Bills. Like, they have a great offense. He'll be amazing. And I dropped him immediately. And I don't regret it until last week. And I don't know where that came from. But last week, my tight end did nothing for me, and he got 21 points. So I have no idea what to expect from every week. I hope that he has the same amount of usage as he did last week going forward, because if he does, it would be great to see. And we know he has that potential. We know what he can do. We know his ceiling. And I'm just hoping he gets there again, because if he can, I'd feel very much more confident in starting him. But, oh, it's a little bit rough for me to start him. You're going to have to kind of pull my leg if 
to put him in his line, my lineup. <laughs> well, maybe this will convince you because the other lookout for tight ends that I have in this streaming territory. Are you ready? It's it's Jawan Johnson at Titan 15. We got Ching Okonkwa, or however you want to say that last name. He's at tight end 13, which, by the way, he'll be drastically moving down with the news of Ryan Tannehill, so he probably doesn't even make the list anymore at this point. David Njoku, who I'm probably going to move down from tight end 14 with the weather coming in the, the way that it is. And then, of course, last but not least, we have Cole Komet, who I do have tight end 11. I actually have one spot ahead of Dawson Knox. And that's just because I don't know who else Justin Fields has to go to with the ball. We we may not see Chase Claypool again this week. May not see Economia St. Brown again this week. Besides Dave Montgomery, somebody has to get caught the ball. It could be Cole Komet, but last week it wasn't against Philadelphia Eagles. And he's got another tough matchup for tight ends against Buffalo. So even that's shaky as best. And I'm just kind of doing that one by default. So does that make you feel any better? Or are you just like, eh, great, awesome? <laughs> yeah, that makes me feel a lot better. It, it truly just goes to show how awful the tight ends you have this week, this year are. It's just, yeah. I say whoever you have, definitely start them. If you have Knox, you're going to start him. That's pretty much my stance on Knox because there's no way you don't start him this week. And who else will you start on your team? There's never been a bigger discrepancy between Travis Kelsey and the rest of the tight end group than there is this year. Never, never been. And it's gonna make it's gonna make the case, especially if they don't bring in a big name wide receiver, and we don't know who's emerging for Kansas City. You're gonna sit there, you're gonna look at this year's stats, and you're gonna go to yourself, well, I guess Travis Kelsey once again is a go-to option. And even at what then he'll be 34 going on 35, he didn't really show any signs of slowing down this year. Kelsey could wind up being like the oldest tight end first round pick ever. And that, that because how bad the position is. So, well, that's going to be a fun to unpack during the summer. Be cautious of. All right. Be cautious of, be cautious. Zach Wilson finishes QB nine last week. Uh, Probably not going to do it again this week, even against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Danielle's already made her thoughts known about what she feels about Zach Wilson. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. We don't really like him regardless. Ryan Tannehill, well, he's not, he shouldn't even be on this list anymore with the injury news. Also, be cautious of James Cook with his snap count going down. Be cautious of Cleo Herbert. It's his first game back. We got to exactly see what he's going to be. Now, they love Cleo Herbert, but it's not really a guy I'm running in the battle with. Be cautious of Liza Moore. Be cautious of Tennessee wide receivers. And be cautious of, well, the Jets' tight ends. Daniel, do you have any comments on any of those players I just made? Is anybody maybe poking around your list that maybe you would consider and not necessarily just avoid? Out of everybody on the list, I would probably feel the most confident in putting my flex position would be Herbert. Uh, just because I feel like he has the most upside compared to these other players, and we we do know what he can do. Obviously, coming off of an injury, it's really tough to gauge how well he is going to do this season. That's why... He definitely is a be cautious of player, but if you're going to start any of those players in a flex kind of role, I'd feel the most confident in starting Herbert. Well, there you have it. All right, what we're going to do now is take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we got four more matchups to talk about on our Look Ahead Wednesday, our first half fantasy football preview for Week 16. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. I have an announcement to make. There's a new way to play fantasy. Today's episode is brought to you by Flex Fantasy, and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all. When you sign up for a free account and download the Flex Fantasy app, 
you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on. Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to flex fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app to try it out at flex.fan. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back into the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Like and subscribe. Or stay up to date with the show when you're on the go. Download us on your favorite podcast app. There's a lot of people traveling throughout this weekend. And frankly, not to put a damper on things, but with the bad weather, eh, you might get stuck sometimes. So make sure you're listening to the show. Get caught up. We have multiple episodes for you this week to get prepared for the second round of the playoffs. You're this close. You are this close to a championship. That's what we're trying to work for. So we just went through our first four games for our preview for Week 16. We talked about the Thursday night and our first three Saturday games. There's a ton of Saturday games to go. So we have four more for you guys. Like the Seattle Seahawks against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like the Giants against the Minnesota Vikings. The Bengals against the Patriots. And the Detroit Lions against the Carolina Panthers, where it's going to be actually in the teens in Carolina. That's how widespread this stupid cold streak is. And I'll just throw it out there. L.A. is going to be cold. Florida is going to be cold. Like Miami's not even going to be that warm heading into this week on, on Sunday. It's everywhere. It's, ev- it's, it's everywhere. It's in my bones. It's in my soul. I hate it. We got to move somewhere warmer. Just move the country closer to the equator. That's my vote. Anybody who comes south of that, I will vote for you politically. Just move the country closer to the equator. That's all I ask. All right. <laughs> Let's get to our obvious starters. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. Uh, Patrick Holmes. Shocker. He's my QB, too. I know. That's such a hot take right there. That's one for the ages. What about Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook? Barkley got back on track last week. That's some good news we should probably be talking about. He comes to my RB3 this week. Dalvin Cook, by the way, coming to my RB5. Danielle, you watched the games last week. What did you think about Saquon Barkley after what you'd seen out of him the past previous weeks? Yeah, I had a lot of hope going into last week that he was going to rebound, and he did. And he looked like his normal self again. And honestly, I thought he had a great game. I was so excited to see him that well because I have him on my fantasy team, so that definitely helped me out. Um, And I have no problem starting him this week because he's Saquon Barkley and he knows what to do. Absolutely. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I think he knows what to do, too. He's my wide receiver one this week, just laying it up lately. And then we have St. Brown coming at wide receiver five. The guy we need to highlight here is Jamar Chase at wide receiver seven on my list. Now, the Patriots, they're, they've been known to take away the number one guy. They really hadn't been successful doing it this season until this past week against Devontae Adams. So what are we going to see, Danielle? Are we going to see the Patriots take away the number one weapon or is it going to be like how it was the majority of the year where that really hadn't been the case? 
I think they will attempt to at their best Patriots defense manner, but I definitely don't think it will be anything to worry about if you have Jamar Chase in your fantasy team. I can say very confidently that the Patriots are going to have a very rough time against this Cincinnati offense. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Here's I'm going to throw this out at you though, and, and well, actually, so we're going to talk about Joe Burrow. Yeah, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Joe Burrow. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to save it for then because it's something interesting I came across, and we'll have to get into it then. Uh, for my other obvious starters, we got the tight end position. If you didn't believe me when I was talking about the discrepancy between Travis Kelsey and the rest of the field before, all you have to do is look at my top two tight ends, Travis Kelsey. And then number two is my other obvious starter for the week is TJ Hawkinson, who hasn't scored in a month, but he's getting double-digit targets, and he's getting 70 to 80 yards. So I trust what he's going to do. I know what his productivity in the offense is going to be, which is more than I can say for literally anybody else not named Travis Kelsey. So here's my top two tight ends. I present them to you. Yeah, definitely start both of them. Um, Hawkinson has been incredible ever since going to the Vikings. I feel like that was the best thing for his career. I mean, he was cherished at the Lions, but I feel like the Vikings have really truly brought out his true talent that necessarily we didn't see beforehand. So uh, I would not um, say no to starting either of those two guys. All right, excellent. Let's go to where lock them in. Lock them in. It's a lock. I got Geno Smith. At QB four. Now this this could change if Marquise Goodwin somehow picked up an injury during practice and it actually winds up being something to worry about the ankle issue that he has. That is, we'll know more about that tomorrow. But assuming Marquise Goodwin does play in this game, I do have Geno Smith as a QB four overall. First and foremost, is the fourth best matchup any quarterback can have. And with Kansas City putting up points, well, there's a pretty good chance. Seattle's going to have to come back from behind. In fact, Vegas has this line set at minus 10 in favor of Kansas City right now. Very good indication Seattle's got to score points late. I like when quarterbacks are in situations, they need a ton of volume. And when you got DK Metcalf, it can usually help things out, plus a bad defense. The other aspect of this is we're talking about weather all, all week. This could be the coldest game. And they're saying this might be colder than you know the ice ball back at the Chiefs-Packers back in the 60s type of game. Like, it's going to be that cold. However, it's going to be clear skies, and the wind is only expected to be between 9 and 10 miles an hour. That doesn't affect passing games. 15 miles an hour, higher than that. That's what affects passing games. So in an odd way, while the weather's going to be brutal, it's not going to be brutal enough where I feel like I have to lose confidence in these offenses. So, Danielle, how surprised are you when I say Geno Smith's QB4 for me this week? That definitely shocked me, especially because it was ahead of Burrow, which is, I feel like, a huge deal. I guess we'll we'll get into that in a minute, I guess. Um, Yes, we will. Definitely shocking for me. Um, But Gino has been a great quarterback this year, and I think people have kind of slept on him throughout the year. I mean, people said that Russell Wilson leaving was, like, the worst thing to happen in Seattle, and clearly it has not been by any means. Really, it was the best thing. Yeah, (laughs) they've done so well. Um, the only thing that concerns me is the injuries. I know you mentioned that a little bit just because most of their offensive talent is out except for Metcalf. I'm assuming that Gino and Metcalf will have an incredible connection. Metcalf will have a huge game. But on the off chance that that doesn't happen, that is a little bit worrisome considering his key weapons are out. 
Yeah, like I said, this will change if Marquise Goodwin's out. But as long as Goodwin plays, I'm probably going to stick with this ranking. But here's the reason. So I, I burrow one spot below Geno Smith. We're not getting crazy or anything like that. Don't worry. But the reason why I have him one spot below, it's not a great match against the Patriots for quarterbacks to begin with. It's especially not good in New England. You can't throw in the Patriots in New England this year. The guy who did the most, Josh Allen, for only 223 yards and two touchdowns. That's it. They're not giving up those pass plays. Here's another thing that's been annoying me, and this is this is more of a film thing, not so much a data thing. Cincinnati is, they go on these kicks sometimes, and I, I don't know if it's these Ram head coaches, these ex-Ram offensive coordinators, whatever, whatever their little thing is. They have these spurts where they decide they don't want to try to be overly aggressive offensively. They just want to go in and, you know, they don't score points unless they have to, essentially. And that's what I've been watching out of Cincinnati the past couple of weeks. That's why Cincinnati's been having to come back from behind in second halves because they're not doing anything in first half of games. Oh, by the way, this will be another really bad weather game that with winds that are getting up to and over 15 miles an hour, that will affect the passing games in this one. I would not be surprised if we wound up finding ourselves watching a 16 to 10 type of ball game. And that's what worries me a little bit, just enough to make Joe Burrow my QB five. So did my argument convince you at all? I, I am, I'm on that train. Okay. I, I'm perfectly for it because you're saying good things about the Patriots defense. So I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, as a kind of Debbie Downer on the Patriots season, I don't necessarily think that that will happen this week just because of the pure offensive talent that Cincinnati has. Obviously we saw them play from behind last week. They did have a great comeback though which is something to think about for fantasy-wise because he did actually do very well from playing from behind. But the thing that I agree, going on your point, Matthew Judon is an incredible defender, and he has 14 and a half sacks on the season, so that does get me a little bit worried for Burrow. So I guess you kind of convinced me there. There it is. There it is. So I just had to appeal to her homerism, and then we're good to go. That's all it takes. Uh, let's exactly. go to our running back. Yeah. <laughs> let's go to our running backs. So Kenneth Walker, we'll have to put him off to the side because we don't know if he's going to be healthy. Did have him as an RB11 heading into this game against Kansas City. If he was going to play, we'll have to see it on the Thursday report. Follow us at MDFF Show. We will keep you up to date there. Joe Mixon, I'm a little bit lower on Joe Mixon, as you might expect with my whole argument there about Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati offense. You also can't run on the Patriots very well. They're actually the second worst running back matchup to have right now on your schedule. That's why I have an RB10 going into this one. Not to mention, his usage has been a little weird now since he's been back from his injury. Samaja Perrine has been annoyingly working in on passing down since his third down, two-minute drills. And this has gone on now for the past couple of weeks. It's not the dominant workload we were seeing about midway point through the season with Joe Mixon. If that continues, on top of it being a bad matchup, I'm a little bit worried about Joe Mixon being a top five guy, I guess. Still locking him in as a top 12 guy. He's still an RB1. He's still in my lineup. There are no questions there. Just maybe lower your expectations for his ceiling. I don't know. Danielle, what do you what do you say? Yeah, I agree. Definitely start him this week if you have him, because obviously if you have him, there's probably no other talent that you have better than him. But like you said, definitely lower expectations, knowing what he the possibility of him getting around 10 or 11 points is most likely going to happen because of the amazing run defense that the Patriots have. And they did score. He did, he got 10 points against Tampa Bay, which 
is not necessarily the best. And Tampa Bay doesn't have the best run defense by any means. So that is a little bit worrisome going into the week. Yeah, 1.9 yards per carry that last week. That was not what you want to see. I do suspect it'll be a little bit better than that this week, but eh, still still makes me a little uneasy. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, though, I'm locking him as a top 10 guy. So did, was the key to unlocking his explosiveness hurting his ankle? Because that, that's kind of what it seemed like last week. Yeah, I think so. I think you just needed to kind of damage him a little bit and everybody like freak out on the Patriots and then have him just do great. I think that's, yeah, that was the key for him. Yeah, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen Stevenson run this fast in a straight line, and yet he's supposed to have a bum ankle. And it was very interesting. Was uh, great. But, yeah. At wide receiver, I'm locking in DK Metcalf. This is the highest I've had him ranked all year. Of course, without Tyler Lockett, you know the target share is going to go way up. He comes to my wide receiver six this week. They're going to need him. Because even if Goodwin's out there, even if by some miracle Kenneth Walker's out there, even by some miracle Noah Fant's out there, DK Metcalf's the only healthy weapon they got, and he's a stud when he's targeted enough. I suspect he's going to have an awesome game against Kansas City. And just to stick with that game real quick before I kick it back over to you, Juju Smith-Schuster coming as my wide receiver 16. Everyone wants to crap on Juju. Like, Juju is doo-doo and all that. Co- and I get it. I'm, I'm with you on it. I don't think the guy's good either. I'm annoyed because he's ruined my Sky more rookie season in my Dynasty Leagues. I understand. I'm right, I'm right there with you. But the guy's getting eight, nine receptions every single week. Yes, we may see Kadarius Tony back. We may see Miko Hardman back. But the guy who's established himself as the second receiver to Travis Kelsey has been Juju Smith-Schuster. Throw out what you see on paper as far as the matchup against Seattle. Because that's what they do against perimeter wilders. They're one of the worst teams against slot receivers. So I'm locking in Juju Smith-Schuster. And of course, I'm locking in DK Metcalf. Yeah, I agree with you on Metcalf. I mentioned it a little bit earlier when talking about Gino. I'm assuming that he's going to have an incredible game purely because of injuries and everything else. And Metcalf is amazing. We've seen it before. He has a lot of potential. and He is a great player. We didn't see as much of that this season as I'd like to see because he just, Gino kind of spread the wealth, I'd like to say. But he is a great wide receiver and has a lot of potential this week during the matchup. Juju, I would definitely start him if I have him because we all know he had 16 points against Houston, which is pretty dang good for a wide receiver too, I'd say. So definitely lock him in as well. And I'm also, wrap this whole thing up, I'm locking in T. Higgins. I know this hasn't been the most productive, but he's still a wide receiver 18 for me. He actually did practice in full today, so a, a signal that maybe he's getting over the hamstring injury. So you have a little more faith that he'll be healthy in this one. Basically, for me, it boils down to he's too good of a wide receiver not to have in your lineup, right? Yeah, I agree. And I feel like he's overlooked a lot of the times. I don't necessarily think he's bad by any means. He's usually consistently average, which is perfectly fine. If you have somebody who is average and you know is going to get 13, 16 points a week, you're going to play him, especially during the playoffs. Yeah, 100%. Look out for... All right, time to get into our lookout for players. Look out for Daniel Jones because he is up my board this week, and it doesn't feel good, but he is anyway. He comes in at my QB8 on the week. That's right. Believe believe it or not, Daniel Jones has been the quarterback 11 on the year to this point. That shocked me. 
to find that out. So he's actually been a top 12 guy. He hasn't finished worse than QB8 when playing against a top 10 matchup for the quarterbacks or better this entire season. So he's taken advantage of bad matchups. And the Vikings, of course, are the seventh best matchup you can have as a quarterback. My gut, and and my data, but my gut too, is really telling me Daniel Jones is going to have a, a great opportunity to run a lot. And guess what's great about Minnesota? It's indoors. So we might actually get to see some real offense this upcoming week. Yeah, I have some confidence in the floor that Daniel Jones is going to provide you on the ground. Am I too high on him, Danielle? Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. He does share our I just want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, I I don't necessarily agree with you. I think oh. I was shocked, first of all, that Lawrence was below Daniel Jones. That's what shocked me. Because Lawrence, to me, is somebody who I'm obviously starting. And Daniel Jones is somebody that if my one or two other quarterbacks are hurt for some reason, then I'll think about playing Daniel Jones. So I am definitely lower on him than you. I I didn't know the statistics that you said beforehand. I didn't know how well of a season that he was having, first of all. But I just don't feel that great against about him and he he had nine points against Washington which isn't the greatest for fantasy and especially during the playoffs you don't need a quarterback that gets nine points and I mean Washington has been getting better but still I'd expect the Giants and Daniel Jones to have more than nine fantasy points against Washington no agreed nine points was not great here's the other thing about Daniel Jones when he has a bad game he's a seesaw he usually bounces back in a big way for fantasy football purposes. And if you look at it, like, okay, well, Daniel Jones, he hasn't had one of his big games in about four or five weeks. He had to play Washington. He had to play the Eagles. He had to play Dallas. And then he had to play Washington again for the past month. Four good defenses, all within division two, by the way. This is the best matchup he's had since I believe it was, I think it was Tennessee or Houston. It was one of those teams where he dropped 30 fantasy points because he ran all over them. And again, going back to whenever he's played a top 10 matchup, he's gone off this year with a couple of QB3 finishes. That's what it winds up boiling down to. I love Trevor Lawrence. And trust me, we're talking NFL here. Yeah, no question. Trevor Lawrence, better quarterback, 100%. And I was very impressed with what he did against Dallas. But I'm giving respect to the Jets defense, who got healthier this week coming into it. And it's the only thing that worries me just a little bit, just a little bit. To say that I got him at one spot below, but I can't argue with your sound of reasoning. If you sat there and told me, look, I'm playing Trevor Lawrence over Daniel Jones, I'm not going to argue with you at all whatsoever. But that's where we're coming from. You guys make your decision. Uh, Kirk Cousins, speaking of that game, he comes in my QB 12 this week. He's been on a heater. He's been the quarterback three over the past two weeks. There's no doubt about that. I don't expect them to have to come back 33 to nothing like they did against the Colts. But then again, I didn't expect the Colts to be up 33 to nothing at any point in time. And they're kind of built similar to how the Giants are. Run-centric, don't have many passing options, can play solid defense, and the Vikings have been a second-half team all year long. So I really think Kirk Cousins 
is, I mean, he's still going to be a QB one. I got him at QB 12 is actually probably yeah, maybe even a little bit too low. We'll have, we'll have to revisit that potentially with him and Dak. And I can see myself putting him in front of Dak in particular. We'll, we'll see how that goes throughout the week as I update the statistics, but he's just got a safe floor. And again, he's got one of the better situations weather-wise too, that you can ask for this week. So yeah, I'm sticking with Kirk Cousins at a top 12 quarterback. Would you put him any higher? I guess would be my question. I don't necessarily think I'd put him any higher, but I agree with you about where you have him because he does. He has a safe floor. You know he's going to guarantee you at least 18 fantasy points, which is great because sometimes it's kind of a toss-up based off of who you have on the quarterback position. And I was mad I didn't start him this week. I have him in multiple leagues of mine, and I didn't start him this week. And I was brutally mad about him because 32 (laughs) points for a quarterback would have saved me a lot of trouble this week. But we all know what he can do. We've seen it. We saw it last week. And we know that his worst days are usually not the worst days of any other quarterback. So I feel pretty confident in starting him this week. Yeah, don't beat yourself up too bad about it. Because the first half of that game, you're probably glad you didn't start Kirk Cousins until that whole thing got turned around. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, my other guys that look out for Jared Goff. Comes my QB 17. He's not on my radar this week. I don't like him in the cold, bad weather of Carolina on the road. I know last week he impressed me. It was his first decently played road game that we've seen Jared Goff have all year long. So that's why I want to totally write him off. That's why I felt like I had to put him in the lookout for not the be cautious of section of today's show. But it doesn't change the fact this is usually a different quarterback on the road. It doesn't change the fact that Carolina is going to be dealing with a lot of bad weather in their own right. It doesn't change the fact that they can get by against Carolina. They're not going to have the, it's not going to be the same competitive matchup it was against the New York Jets last week to force that team to have to throw the ball as much as they did in the second half. Eh, I don't really want to start Jared Goff this week. What about you? Yeah, I'm not looking to start him at all. Just because he had one somewhat mediocre good game doesn't make me any more excited about starting him this week. I don't feel super confident that that is something that he will do again and again. And by this point, I'm assuming you most likely don't have golf on your roster. <laughs> no, I, I I would hope not. Otherwise, probably wouldn't have uh, made it this far. All right, let's get into our running backs. We got a lot of guys we highlighted in this section. So, Here's another shocker I have for you. I'll be curious to see what you have to say, because I think a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this one. I do have Isaiah Pacheco one spot, one spot ahead of Jared McKinnon. Both these guys at 15 and 16. So solid RB2s, guys that need to be in your lineup. Why am I saying it's a Pacheco game when Jared McKinnon has been the RB1 over the past two weeks? It's the match against Seattle. Seattle actually doesn't give up many targets. Actually, the fourth fewest targets to running backs over the season. What they do is they get up a ton of rushing up the middle. They're gutted in the middle of that defensive line. We talked about this game being really cold. Talked about Kansas City having a you know a minus 10-point line in Vegas, expected basically to handle their business against Seattle. With those two factors, plus Pacheco is still running the ball well, as long as he doesn't fumble. And that that is a risk. Because we saw him get benched the entire second quarter. That's the whole reason why McKinnon got the snap counts that he did for the game. Because he missed out the entire second quarter. Guys, regular workload in the second half. So Andy Reid didn't hold against him the entirety of the game. But you do have to worry about him fumbling again and what that could do. Definitely a risk. This just sets up for me to be more of a Pacheco game. And McKinnon, while yes, last two weeks, double-digit touches, double-digit opportunities, 100%. 
that has not been the norm for the season. Now, I don't know if that's here to stay, but we've seen plenty of opportunities, plenty of times just up until then where McKinnon's getting eight, nine opportunities and leaving it at that. I don't really want running backs a la DeAndre Swift who are getting me single-digit opportunities on a common basis. Not saying we'll go back to that, but I think it's still a question as to which one we're going to see. To me, it sets up to be a little bit more Pacheco, but I'm playing both these guys with confidence. So, Danielle, though, the question is to you, am I cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs to put Pacheco over McKinnon? I don't think you're crazy at all. I actually was hoping you'd say that because that was the train that I was rolling on purely just because of the consistency he's had throughout the entire season. And two weeks does not mean anything that you never know what could be happening with the Kansas City running backs. You never really know the way they want to play. But I do feel very confident in Pacheco having a good game this game. I feel like they're both great options. You can't go wrong either way. But I do lean more towards Pacheco because of that consistency he's had. All right, I like it. We got a question coming in from Richard. Richard, thank you for tuning into the show. He's asking us, he needs two running backs this week. It's the standard league. He has Chubb, Pollard, or Etienne. Um, if Pollard's healthy, I mean, I'm sorry, if Chubb's healthy, you're playing Chubb. All the two between Etienne and Pollard, I have Pollard two spots. That's it. I have him two spots ahead of Etienne, so I would go Tony Pollard in that scenario, although I think there's a real chance you're going to wind up having to play Etienne and Pollard. Here's the, here's the trick about that. So Etienne's got to play in the, thir- in the Thursday night game, right? So he's going to have to make a decision beforehand. Would you, in that case... Even though I have Pollard ranked ahead, play Etienne no matter what. And then if Nick Chubb plays, you play him over Pollard just because you want to have Etienne in there because in case Chubb doesn't play, then you have Pollard to pivot to. That's where I would lean towards because I would feel a lot more confident knowing that, okay, I have somebody that is good and consistent to fall back on if Chubb does not play for some reason, or I just don't feel super great about Chubb starting this game because of injury. I think that is the smartest move and the most tactical move to go here is by starting at DNA and then kind of figuring out who you want to start later on based off of what the reports are saying Friday and Saturday. Yeah, I, I could, I could see that. Here's the one thing I will want to say to Richard though, who the hell is in your flex? So you can't play all three that, that, that would be my, my actual question there. Uh, Let's move on, though. We got more lookout for running backs like the Detroit backfield, where I have DeAndre Swift, one spot ahead of Jamal Williams, RB25, RB26, top-end RB3 plays. They've been all over the place with their usage. Looked like Swift was on the rise, and then Jamal Williams cut back in. Williams is going to score. We know that. RB3, fine. He's going to get 12 opportunities. He'll get a chance to score. Book it. We're good to go. The question is, what do we expect out of DeAndre Swift? That's the question. If he gets double-digit opportunities like he did last week, well, then we know he he could be an RB1 anytime he wants to be if he actually has the opportunity to do so. He's not on the injury report. He's the one guy that I don't care if he practices or not. If he's on the injury report at all, we have to immediately downgrade him for the upcoming Sunday. He's not on that. So I'm going with Swift over Williams here. I guess my question to you, Danielle, like I'm at RB25, Would you play him higher than that, or does he still belong in RB3 in your mind? I'm right there with you, just because I just have not felt confident in Swift at all, and I feel like we've talked about this beforehand, but he did have a good week. Last week, he had 12 points against the Jets, which isn't half bad, 
but I just don't feel super confident in his abilities this season. We don't know what Swift we are going to get each week. We know he has the potential to do great things. We know he has the potential to get those double-digit runs and those double-digit amount of carries, but I don't necessarily think that is the Swift we're going to see this week. I do feel more confident in starting Williams this week, even though he had a worse week than Swift last week, but that's just my personal opinion. All right. So the other guy I want to look out for is Dante Foreman, and he's kind of fallen off lately too, and he comes all the way down on my RB27. We mentioned Detroit being a, a, you know, a good run defense, which is annoying. When I see Detroit on my schedule, I want to be like, yay, I'm going to go off. And like, no, I haven't been able to do that. It's the ninth worst matchup for running backs this year against Detroit. It's ridiculous. Now we have to factor in the fact that, well, Juba Hubbard, he's rotating in at a nearly 55 to 45 clip. Oh, by the way, if Carolina falls behind at all, Hubbard's the one getting all the routes. So now we have a situation where like last week, Formula only gets 10 carries for nine yards, and then they wind up calling it a day. Part of the problem, too, is that we don't know exactly how healthy Foreman is. Ever since he's been dealing with the foot issue, and remember, he does have the history from years ago about with the Achilles, it's been fall, his usage has been falling off a little bit. Ideally for Carolina, they want their identity to be not the Foreman physical run style. That's what they want their identity to be. This might be another situation where it doesn't play out that way. So I got Foreman as an RB3, but he's a risk RB3. Do you have any more confidence than I do? I don't have a lot of confidence because I I personally have seen it. I have him on my teams. I've witnessed the uh, great depression that was last week's playing um, because that definitely hurt me a lot because I could have had somebody who had 30 points on, in my flex, but here we are. Um, so that was definitely a little bit of a setback, and I definitely don't feel the most confident in starting him this week. So I am a little bit hesitant at putting him into that flex or RB3 spot. All right. Well, let's move on to our wide receivers look out for. Let's assume for a second Marquise Goodwin will be good enough to play because we don't have too much information on that as of this moment as far as was it an actual injury or not. So let's assume he does. He comes in my wide receiver 31 for me right now. Seventh best matchup for wide receivers playing against Kansas City. That's first and foremost. And he's been... He's been good this year in, in certain situations when given the opportunity to do so. He's been the third receiver. He had two games ago. He went six catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. No Tyler Lockett in a situation in which I'm anticipating Seattle having to find a way to score points. He has the track record breaking speed. Is it boom or bust? Sure. Sure it is. Because there's a chance that Goodwin can get knocked out of this game. He's been a journeyman wide receiver his entire career for a reason. Could he go off? Yeah because the opportunity might be there along with the speed, too, and the matchup. So, Danielle, my question is you. Assuming he's healthy, would you play Goodwin as your wide receiver three this week? If he's starting, I personally would start him just because of the matchup and because I feel like he will get a lot of targets this game, purely because the rest of the injuries, it'll be him and Metcalf. I think they'll be kind of splitting the time. They're both great wide receivers. And I think if they do do the split kind of wide receiver targets, he will rack up around 15 points, hopefully, maybe. And I feel pretty confident in starting him with the hopes of him getting around that 15 mark point range. 
Yeah. And even though they're not the same guy, I pretty much have them in the same category for the same reasons. Darius Slayton coming to my wide receiver 30 against the Minnesota Vikings. Great matchup. Good opportunity. And I already have more confidence than Daniel Jones. The guy we got to talk about, though, is, uh, is DJ Moore. So he's actually my wide receiver 13 this week. I had to do a double take when I saw this. But then again, that's how bad Detroit is through the air. Now, we'll see. I might be tweaking this a little bit going into Saturday. Because it's hard for me to stomach having DJ Moore at wide receiver 13 when Sam Darnold has not equaled more targets. I mean, it stayed at six targets, even with Darnold taking over. Not something I was anticipating. But with this matchup, coming off a good game... I don't know. It's hard for me to find other options that are going to be that much better than DJ Moore. So, yeah, I, I, for now, I'm ranking with confidence. Yeah, looking at the, the options that you have and coming off of the game that he had last week, he had 18 points versus the Steelers, which is pretty dang good. We all know the Steelers defense is a great defense. So that was definitely an impressive task by far. I think this matchup on paper should be really great for him. And I personally, I feel pretty confident in starting him this week. Adam Thielen comes to my wide receiver at 33. I've had a love-hate relationship with Adam Thielen pretty much all year long. Teeter, teeter, you know, teeter-tottering between that, like, does he crack my top 36? Does he not crack my top 36? K.J. Osborne went absolutely bananas last week to the point where Adam Thielen had to sit there and yell to coaching staff in a game which they had to come back from 33 to nothing. Hey, give me the damn ball. Finally did in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden, they couldn't not give him the ball from that moment on. And he actually racked up a good day. It was pretty much all at the late end of the game. So maybe they learned their lesson. Maybe they carry that into it. And I'm going to go on a limb and say, K.J. Osborne probably not going to go off again. Remember, he had a game earlier in the year. I want to say it was week two, week three, where he had a huge blow up. And then we didn't hear about K.J. Osborne even barely being on the field until, you know, this is a past coming week. So... I'm not thinking KJ has to take away from Adam Thielen. Thielen's still the same guy to me he's always been. He's a low, he's a higher floor wide receiver three. If he scores a touchdown, fantastic. He's the cherry on top. You're plugging him in just to plug a hole. But I do have him in the top 36. Where's your confidence level on Adam Thielen? Yeah, I don't necessarily know if I have confidence per se, but I definitely agree with you. You said it perfectly with filling the hole because that is exactly what he has been for my fantasy team this this year. If there's been a bye week, if anybody's been hurt, he just kind of fills in that flex spot and I just kind of use him there and hope for the best. And that is kind of how I feel like it this week. I feel like I'm just going to hope for the best if I have to play him and hope that he has the game that he had last week because that was great and hopefully he can carry that through to this next week. But I don't necessarily feel the most confident in him doing anything at all productive. Be cautious of... All right, so we move on to our Be Cautious of players. Be cautious of Chuba Hubbard. There's going to be people out there telling you to play him as a flex play this week. I would avoid it because of the matchup. I would avoid it because that's not what Carolina wants to do. I would avoid it because Hubbard's not actually that good. And can we just get that out of our heads there, too? Uh, as far as other guys, we talked about Osborne. Don't buy into his game. Here's two guys I want to highlight. We go back to the Bengals and, and Patriots game. Tyler Boyd. I don't think we can trust him. And Jacoby Myers. Apparently, unbeknownst to the majority of us, back in concussion protocol because on the play where he made a bonehead move, it was such a bonehead play that he got knocked out and had to go back in concussion protocol. No, I'm just kidding. He did get smacked, hit his head on the back on that last play of the game. 
And that's why he's in the concussion protocol. But that game, you know, maybe maybe he had a concussion before that. Maybe that would explain why he threw the ball at the end of the game. Like, I don't know. Daniel, go ahead. Go on a, go on a rant about it. As a Patriots fan, I'm going to let you have the floor on this one. Oh, my God. I I physically don't have, like, any words to say. And people were messaging me being like, Daniel, what happened? I'm like, don't ask me. I'm not, I'm not out there making the play. Like, that, this, it's embarrassing for me as a fan. It's making me look bad that they decided to do that. And I'm going to go with your logic of Myers already having a concussion before that play because <laughs> something was not correct in that play because I watched that and just assumed, like, all right, we're going to go to overtime. We'll probably lose in overtime, but, like, we'll see how it goes. And Yeah. Um, I wouldn't put Myers in at all after that game if I have him on your fantasy team. Yeah, that was oof, that was a doozy. That that was brutal. Uh, the other guys I want to be cautious of the other Detroit wide receivers, not named Amon Ross St. Brown. I know DJ Chark has been a man of interest as of late. I'm not banking on the pass game of Detroit on the road two weeks in a row, especially not in bad weather. So that's why I'm staying away from this whole thing. I'm on Ross St. Brown and nobody else really for me when it comes to the pass catchers on that. Uh, how about you? Are you, you going to play DJ Tark? No, I'm not at this point. I He's not even on my radar at this point. That's kind of what I figured. All right, that's going to wrap up the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Remember, we'll be back tomorrow with the Clairvoyant Thursday, the second half fantasy football preview of week 16. Of course, make sure you have your lineups set to go. And again, I've been saying this all week, just to reemphasize, most of the games are on Saturday. You're going to have to make your decisions sooner rather than later. But the good news is Thursday will be the Friday practice. So we should get a lot of injury designations tomorrow. So before the Thursday night game kicks off, you might have a lot of decisions already made for you based on availability. Just keep that in mind, though. There are three games on Sunday and still a Monday night game to boot. Make sure you're following us along on YouTube when you subscribe and catch us on your favorite podcast app because we're available on all of them. Give us that five-star review to help us out. Follow us on social media at Show. And Danielle, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and everybody else a Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Hope everybody has a great holiday season. Tis season gets sloppy. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.